Well, Andrew, welcome back. Hired the podcast is back, part two, after... I don't remember the last time I recorded an episode. It's been a, been a long couple time. Months, couple months. Couple months. There were some extenuating circumstances. The move. We had to get this beautiful studio up and running. But Absolutely. Finally up and running. And couldn't be more excited. I am happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. It's great to have you. And, you know, I'm excited to, to be back and to continue to talk to people like yourself and to really hear what's going on. World of work. World of hiring. Um what companies are doing to attract great people, the stories that you're hearing, the crazy crap that's happening all the time um, so that people can learn from you, uh, they can learn from the people that we're talking to because uh, it's crazy market right now. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's very candidate-driven, I guess. Let's start there. Sure. Um, it seems like there's so many jobs out there right now, but not enough people to fill them. I think... Um, Alex had, had mentioned a stat where in like 2019, it was like for one job, there was over five applicants. And now for one job, there's like half. less than one or half than that. Like half that's, that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Cause our job as recruiters to find obviously a slate of candidates to, to send that, send our client. But now it's like one or two and it's, I don't know, it's, it's slim pickings. So what are your customers doing? What are, what can companies do in a market like this to, um, to combat that, to continue to find the best people for their company? I think it's it's having a great story. Okay. And I think a lot of things kind of go into that. So one, you know, really just showing what their impact is on the world. So it's fun to work in packaging and food processing. You know, I don't want to say something's recession proof, but it's probably the closest thing we can get to it. Because obviously as humans, we need to eat mm-hmm. and that food needs to be packaged. Um, so then it's safe for our consumption. Um, so I think a lot of people are now focused on, you know, how is a company impacting the world or how am I going to come in and, and really make a difference knowing that, you know, as an engineer, what I'm programming or designing is helping people or what I'm selling is helping people. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the financial side's always there. Um, but then other than that, showcasing a strong culture, too. And I'm not talking about saying, hey, we have a ping pong table or we have nap pods. But do these people hang out? Do you genuinely care about one another? Do you consider each other friends? I feel like there's more to it than, you know, like I said, just having a nap pot or a, a food. Well, I think what table. you're talking about too is um, the why of it. You know, is, exactly. can someone believe in in what they're doing and why their company is doing something? I think that's that's the real basis of culture. Is is a company's company's why and compensation? It, it's important, um, but. You know, we've said it before that sometimes the most difficult things to measure are the most important. Compensation is the easiest damn thing in the world to measure. It's, exactly. it's a number. It's literally a number. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I think it goes back to, you know, our, our clamps, challenge, location, advancement, money, people, security. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of the time when we ask what's important to people, you know, most of the time money's not there because to your point, we know what that's going to look like. But what's really important is the people, is the job security, is the challenge. Am I going to come into work every day and be bored out of my mind? Or yeah. am I going to, is my mind going to be stimulated? I'm going to learn something new every day. Um, so I think, like I said, it's kind of a factor. That, but yeah, like you said, it really starts with the why. Yeah. How do, how do companies express that why? I, I think that that's the biggest challenge right yeah. now. I think social media is playing a big factor in that. And, and that's something that I've tried to advocate to a lot of companies um, just frankly, just posting, just showing, hey, this is what we're all about. Um, being active with in your community, being active at trade shows. Um, it's really just 
being out there. I mean, I, I really think it's it's yeah. that simple, as silly as that may sound. Yeah, and now it's time for uh, Noah, producer, we're gonna need uh, the big flashing blatant self-promotion graphic to flash right here because uh, this is something I think we can really help companies with in our new studio. Good point, to, that's right. Is to bring companies in here, to have them sit down with us or on this, this TV behind you, we can do it all virtually, and to be able to tell their story, to tell their company's story about why it is such a great place to work, uh, to be able to articulate the culture, um, talk about the vision for what they have planned for people to who join their organization, who they're going to become. And it's really hard to do because companies aren't, aren't expert at it. A lot of times they don't even know to ask the questions to have that conversation, but we can, we can sit down with them, help them have that conversation, have our brilliant producer, Noah, um, put that in a package that uh, they can send out, we can send out, we can, we can um, go at it together to be able to tell the story of their why. And I think that's something that I'm, I'm really excited about and was worth, was worth the break. It was worth oh, the break to do that. Absolutely. I mean, I, Noah's awesome. Obviously, you were born to be a podcaster, like a Bill Simmons almost. But, uh, but no, honestly, I, I really do think that it's, it's going to be really valuable for companies to be able to, to leverage a platform like this, to be able to articulate that. Because I, I would imagine most people don't sit there and, and think about what their why is. They're just doing their day-to-day job. But when they're looking to attract and even retain talent, you have to be able to articulate that. Because what's if you don't have a why, then why are you doing what you're doing? Yeah. You need to be able to at least define it. Yeah, that's when money is important because if you don't know the why, then your why is money. Exactly. Your why is existence. Exactly. And if you can compensate people fairly, you know, you compensate them to the level of their value, what they're worth. If they're excited about the why and what they're doing, then it becomes much harder for uh, other companies for competitors to come in and exactly. and recruit people out of an organization because yeah. because they believe in so much stuff that can't be measured and when that's not there it's really easy for a company to come in and say hey I got a new job it pays ten thousand dollars more than you're making now and they say yeah that sounds great yeah no I I would probably say just this week I, I've probably talked to 30 candidates already and when it comes down to to asking you know a question like that they're always so, you know, it's not to me, it's it's not about the money. They, they want to know what their why is, what the impact this company is making, because um, like you said, I mean, people don't want to just move jobs to make more money. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. that's nice, you know, in a vacuum, but, you know, you're you're not making an impact. You don't know what the why is. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's flip it a little bit. Let's uh, let's talk about job seekers and candidates, um, because. It's an interesting market for them. How do they? It's it's weird because you read so much right now on one hand about there are less workers than there are open positions, but you're reading so many posts about about layoffs and reductions in force. What's your sense of where that's coming from? How do those two disparate elements kind of go hand in hand? Yeah, it it is interesting. I, I think that you know, I think that more more people that are passively looking, you know, that aren't on the job boards actively looking, those people are more enough to have a conversation with us now because they're they're noticing those layoffs and things like that, thinking, oh, crap, if that happens to me, 
I'm going to need something else. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're more open to seeing what else is out there and, you know, touching on everything else that we've already talked about before. That's really what's important to them. So what can what can a candidate do? What's the safety net that they can throw into themselves to um, prepare themselves for um, worst case scenario? So they're at a job they like. They, they like their company. They're paid well. They're excited about the company's why. But they are seeing some of those stories about about layoffs, about reductions in force, and they don't necessarily want to be out there looking for a job, but they do want to know what's out there and they want to be prepared. So what can they do to make themselves uh, attractive to companies and to people who, so they can know what else is out there? Absolutely. Well, I would say the, the main thing is make yourself visible. And I'm not saying flash your resume on every job board on LinkedIn or click the button that says I'm open to work, but just make sure your profile's up to date. So as a recruiter, I can see, oh, this person's clearly they put in a lot of detail. This person looks pretty attractive in terms of their skill set, and then I can reach out to them. And I tell probably every single candidate that I talk to that it the best time to look for a job is when you have a job because mm-hmm. you have a job, so you have money coming in you have something stable right there but then you could just have conversations and see maybe there is something better on the other side mm-hmm. and then you can really have an opportunity to be picky to then make sure that whatever move you do decide to make is worthwhile yeah and i think um it seems that it's it's a good practice for for people to develop relationships with recruiters and let recruiters know know about what types of positions they might be interested in in the future. And I don't feel like that is disloyal to their current company. I don't feel like there's anything wrong with that because you never know what's going to happen to a company tomorrow, in a week, in a month, in a year, in five years. And if you develop this relationship with a, with a good recruiter or a couple of good recruiters who know what your skill set is, who know what you're looking for, they can keep you abreast of those opportunities so that when the time is right, when something happens at your company, that makes you know that I'm going to need something else soon, that you're 10 steps ahead of the game by having these relationships. Absolutely. And I actually have an example right now. I have a, an individual that I'm working with. I talked to him maybe two or three years ago, but, you know, I asked those questions. I built a profile and, you know, he's like, you know, I'm good right now, but in the future, you never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and fast forward to you know, today and, you know, there's some internal changes at, at his current employer and he's wanting to potentially see what else is out there. Um, so him and I were able to reconnect, talk about a few things that I've been working on and seeing if, if any of those kind of make sense for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, it is about leveraging your network and, and being being okay and comfortable talking to recruiters because as a recruiter, I'm not here to just collect resumes and throw them everywhere. I want to build those intimate relationships to make sure that the next time I come calling, I found something that's like, Close, if not your dream job. Mm-hmm. So, Andrew, this is uh, this is your fir- one of your first times back in the new MRG office since we moved in. Uh, I'm just curious if you can tell me a little bit about uh, why you're excited about the the future of of Miller Resource Group, assuming that you are. I, I am excited. Yes, we can. Yes, I, I am very excited. I don't know. I it was weird when I was driving into the office today. Um, I just got this like jolt of energy. I, I don't know why. I think it was just to be able to see every see people being act, you know, be lively here. Um, but then too, I mean, being able to to utilize you know this this studio to just have a casual conversation like this, but to create content. Um, and I just think that the 
the direction that we're going in, it's going to help so many other companies um, that in ways that they might not even realize right now. I mean, obviously at our core, our job is to you know, help candidates attract awesome talent and help them retain that talent. Mm-hmm. But if we can put together a package where we're helping them you know, explore and articulate what their why is, that's really why I want to be in this business is to have those deep, intimate relationships and not just have it be like a transaction. Yeah. Yeah. We, it's easy to be a recruiter and get job, find candidate, place candidate and job, but yeah. to really become an extension of a company to believe in their why and to be passionate about finding great talent that can thrive at that company and help them achieve that vision. That's why you get excited about what we do. Exactly. And if you get me excited, I'm, there's no stopping me. So Hell yeah, we know that. <laughs> we know that. Uh, Andrew Atchison, Miller Resource Group. Thank you for joining me on Hired the Podcast V2. Yeah, thank you for having me. You bet.